1: Free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert.
2: You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team
1: every day.
2: What's up, Reds fans? My name is Jeff Carr, and you are Locked on Reds. What's up, Reds fans, and welcome into the Lockdown Reds podcast on this Tuesday. Hope you guys had a nice off day on the Monday. Today, I've got a jam-packed episode with former Major League Baseball player Adam Riggs joining me on the show to talk the Angels series and to talk about his playing career. We're going to get into all of that here in just a moment lot to get to. Before we do, though, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play Stitcher, and the Himalaya Podcasting app. Check us out on Twitter at Lockdown Reds and at Jeff Carr with three S. And then head on over to LockedOnReds.com for even more content. And make sure to hit us up on the LockedOnReds line at 513-549-0159. Question right now, and I'm still working on another question for the week, but as of right now. The question of the week is, how do we determine the quality of a starting pitcher in 2019, knowing that the quality start statistic has been a bit cheapened? I want to hear from you at the Lockdown Reds line about that question. Before we get into the interview, I want to thank today's sponsor, Hotels.com. Make sure that you check out Hotels.com for your next trip. I did. I booked my trip for the summer using Hotels.com. They've got great rates and a reward system for your stay. Check out Hotels.com. Now let's jump into the interview with Adam Riggs, former Major League Baseball player and host of Believe in Angels. That's B-L-E-A-V in Angels podcast. I have with me the host of the Believe in Angels podcast. I think I said that right. Believe in Angels podcast. And former Major League Baseball player, Adam Riggs. Adam, how are you doing tonight, man?
0: I'm doing well, Jeff. Thanks for having me on the show, man.
2: Absolutely. Uh wanted to bring you on, talk about this series coming up, and then also touch on your Major League career. Uh, first off, let's take a quick look at this series. It's it's going to be a quick series in and of itself, these weird little two-game stretches that they've put into the season. Um uh, With these two games, and then uh, I believe not too long ahead, and maybe in July is when the Angels come to Cincinnati, what can we expect as a whole? I see that the Angels are one game under 500, but what kind of paints a picture of the Angels this year?
0: Man, they've been up and down, um, battling injuries. They started off the season – you know they're just really streaky they they'll win the games they should win they lose the games they should lose um but they started off without otani and without Upton, they started off with a vastly different pitching staff starting staff than they have now um they've just kind of been in baseball purgatory <laughs> i mean they uh they can't lose enough to get a good draft pick or win enough to to be in the wild card i mean they're in the wild card hunt but they're just kind of just hanging around. It's a, it's a, it's a different team. They've got a lot of, I think they got like seven guys on a one-year contract. Um, they've got a couple guys like Pull holes and, and Upton nearing the end of their contract. So they are, they're kind of in transition, but still, you know, trying to win. So it's, it's, it's an interesting team. It's a, they're starting to get the full strength now. So we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens.
2: I know that they had signed Matt Harvey over the off season. They also added Trevor Cahill, and they're currently missing both of those guys. Has it been a struggle to replace them in the rotation?
0: It's actually been an upgrade. I mean, they, oh no, they brought <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it, to be honest with you, it, it it really has. It's been an upgrade as far as uh, it, you know, because so Cahill's got a seven point one eight ERA. um, two and six record and Harvey has a 7.5 ERA with a two and two and four record. So uh, it's actually been, it's actually been a good thing. They've, they've gotten some younger guys in there that's gotten, been able to pitch and and actually do really well. So um, they're going to, they're going to have some tough decisions on those two guys, whether, you know, you get to a point in the season where you say, okay, we're either going to try to trade and get some younger guys because we're out of it, or do we pick up and add a piece here to make the final push? So everything's kind of bunched up in the, uh, in the AL. So they're still, they're still in the wild card hunt, and they're still battling and uh, just, just kind of hovering around 500. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but yeah, definitely those guys, if those guys can regain their form, what they had when they were, you know, w- when they were younger, obviously um, they'll be okay. But for right now, you know, it's, uh, they, they haven't really performed, but it's a long season. I was looking at
2: uh, the most wonderful website in the world, dot And I noticed that there's a couple of guys in the bullpen who had recorded starts. Have the angels trying to employ the opener strategy?
0: Yeah, they do. They 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 do the opener for uh, for Pena. Um, it, it seems like they'll throw out some, you know, like Bedrosian. They'll throw out there a lot. Um, I think he started seven games, and um, you, you know, I I don't know what their what their method is on that. They don't do it for you know a, a lot of the other pitchers. Um, but but it seems like they'll do it for Pena a lot. Um, and I, I don't know why that is. But, you know, it, it seems to work, and it seems to – I mean, it bites you when the first guy goes out there and gives up three runs. Then they're like, ah, what are you doing? you know, It looks horrible. But if the guy gets through the – if the guy gets through an inning, he should get through the inning, right? So there's no second-guessing. But, you know, the theory is let's get through the first three guys three or four guys because nowadays your best hitters hit in second you you know your first hitters the stud your third hitters obviously you know second best hitter on the team and then it goes from there so the theory is let's not let's not give them three looks let's not give their best hitter three looks at our starter and uh and he should be able to perform better because you know every at bat every at bat you're gathering data every at bat you know okay he's you might have faced the guy before, but you know some nights they have better stuff than other nights, and sometimes you know the slider might be on, but the fastballs they're not locating it, um, or, or it's running tonight where where before it wasn't it wasn't sinking as much, and so every every AB you get get a little more data, and um, I think the statistics back it up. Usually around the third time through, the guys their batting averages and and, and slugging percentages are going up. So we
2: touched on the pitching there. Let's take a look at the hitting. And as far as Reds fans know, there's this feller who's got a name that sounds like a fish, and he might be one of the best <laughs> players to ever play the game outside of Mike Trout, who's been the real stud in the lineup.
0: Uh, Listella. I mean, that's easy. <laughs> I mean, oh, nice. He was Tommy Listella was leading the uh, the team in home runs until you know, he was right up there battling with trout and home runs. He's, uh, he's batting 297, 15 home runs. He's got 43 RBIs and I know RBIs saying, are saying are, a product of where you hit and who's in front of you and all that. But I, I disagree. I think that uh, every RBI you get, you earn it because of that and about two outs and nobody on is a heck of a lot different than two outs and a guy on second. So, I mean, by, by far, by far, Lestella is, is, I mean, without him, they would not be, you know, one game under 500 at this point. But that, that guy, he's got more home runs this year, I think, than he's had in his career. <laughs> so, and I don't know whether that's a product of the, the juice ball, the lower seams, or just him getting the opportunity to play every day and know that he's going to run out there every day and get himself uh, 600 at-bats this year but he's definitely earned it.
2: See, now that's that's interesting because whenever you look at the lineup, the three guys at least from an outsider's perspective that pop out is obviously Trout and then now that he's back Otani and Pujols, but you're right. Like when I look at the numbers, I was just like, wow, Tommy Lestella has just been killing it. So I'm
0: I'm looking oh, forward dude, to Oh dude, he's he, he's amazing. I mean, that oh. guy that guy is He's been amazing, and and here's the thing. I mean, Pulis has the name. He's he's a little bit older. He's he's hitting for a little bit of power. You know, he's he's getting better as the season goes on. That's a good thing. He started off real slow, Mm -hmm. Um, but but let me tell you, there's another guy named uh, Fletcher, David Fletcher. He's been he's been amazing as well. He can play shortstop, second base, third, left. He plays all over the place. He's batting two ninety three. He's got five home runs. You know, twenty nine. Uh, RBIs he's playing very well but the great thing about it is you know Simmons our shortstop has been hurt he's he's one of he's probably the what the third fourth best player on the team and one of the best shortstops as far as defensively in the league uh he's hurt as well so um you know without Fletcher um you know coming in and, and manning all of those positions it's uh you know it's he's been invaluable because we've got a long jam at first base where, you know, at one time it was, it was, it was going to be pool host, uh, first base, DH pool host, uh, Otani. And then, um, what's the other guy? There's a left-hander that he's really been struggling. Justin Boer, he We got him on a one-year contract. He yeah. got three guys that can only play first base, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> taking up three roster spots. Well, that doesn't, you know, without a guy that can play every single spot, that makes it tough on the lineup and the roster construction. But Boar's been, Boar's been getting a little better, but he's another one-year guy batting 179 with six home runs and 19 RBIs, big power bat, but can't run a lick. But, you know, um, without, without, uh, you know, without Fletcher, they'd have been in trouble.
2: Jumping back just for a moment to the pitching, I noticed that the pitching matchups on Tuesday—well, the one on Wednesday is still TBD—but on Tuesday they've got Andrew Heaney towing the rubber. What can you tell me about Heaney?
0: Well, Heaney's been has uh, been hurt uh, a lot, but he's let me let me pull up. He's a strikeout machine. Okay. <laughs> the guy. The guy. Let me see what he's got. That's going to be interesting
2: for a Reds team that loves to swing at just about any pitch. <laughs> I mean, it's probably not well, that bad, but there's a couple of really aggressive hitters in the
0: lineup. Okay, so Haney has how many innings pitched? 25 innings pitched, 32 strikeouts. Nice. So, I mean, he's he's been a little unlucky. He's got a five five point he eight. It's got a real nice, uh, real nice. Uh, off-speed pitch, nice secondary pitch. He's got a he's got a decent fastball. Um, you know, I think he's pitched better than what his stats. He's he's zero and one with a five-point-six, but he's one of those guys that he can make you swing and miss a lot. And so, you know, um, he he's still and he's only got five starts in the season, and um, so you know he's. He's, he's going to improve. He's going to improve as, the, as he continues to go and continues to work his way back. So he, he it'll be interesting. That'll be an interesting matchup. Yeah, I'm looking
2: forward to see how they handle him because le- like you mentioned with that strikeout rate and talking about a good secondary pitch, that's one of the things, especially looking at a guy like Yasiel Puig, he's really struggled to hit pitchers' secondary pitches if they're very good at them. So it could be interesting to see if he's able to keep the runs off the board, that's going to be a, that's going to be a tough game for the Reds there in that first one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, it's uh the game has changed, right? I mean, it, it, the game has strikeouts are no longer something that um, players fear, you know, I used to, right. I used to be afraid to strike out. Like I didn't want to strike out. It, it, it was, it, it was something that, you know, you're just, you just didn't want to do as a baseball player, but you know, nowadays they're just, they're, they're looking at it. Hey, look, it's another, just another out. And and there's kind of that old school and new school mentality. Um, and you hit for power and get your slugging percentage up and, uh, and you walk get on base and you're okay. And, and I feel like, you know, I feel like that's why we're seeing so many, so much power. Is because guys are they've got one swing, whether they've got a 2-0 count or a 2 count. it Seems like they're all swinging the same, <laughs> you know. Right. So it's uh, it's interesting. It's just an interesting. It's a different game. I talk to older guys. I talk to I talked to some 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 guys that I've played with coming up, and and uh, some of them some of them can't even watch it. <laughs> you know? But you know, if that's everything evolves, right? Everything evolves, and, and you know, I enjoy watching it either way.
2: So let's talk about that, let's transition into that, into your playing career, because you had the chance to be in the show, something not too many people can say, what sort of Mm -hmm. things, especially when it comes to approaching hitting, like, was there like a thousand things going through your mind, or how'd that work whenever you stepped into the batter's box?
0: Yeah, I guess it depends on the situation, right, when you were hot, you had one thing, you know, it was, how hard am I going to hit this ball, right? Um, but when you weren't, it, uh, you know, you could be thinking about, Hey, where's my, how's my stance? Where's my hands? I got to see it longer. You know, there's so many things that can, that can, you know, basically run through your head and it's, it's, uh, you know, paralysis by analysis at that point. But, you know, most of the time, my approach was, look, I'm, I'm going to dominate the fastball. And, uh, you know, back in the day, if you could, you know, if you could dominate the fastball and and put that in play, hit it hard and then, um, you know, battle with two strikes. And so that was kind of my mentality. And that was kind of the mentality of a lot of guys, you know, let's get a good pitch to hit is the number one, the number one thing that you need to do as a hitter. You have to get a good pitch to hit. Um, and then obviously you want your bat plane to be such that you don't foul off your good pitches and that you're hitting them hard and getting them in play. And then, and what happens is a lot of times, you know, you're, if your swing gets a little bit off, you start fouling off those pitches in the fat part of the plate, and now you got to hit with two strikes. And when you hit hit with two strikes against professional players, uh, you don't really succeed very well. So that was that was kind of my, my approach um, when I was at the plate.
2: Was there a type of pitch that whenever you got to the plate, I mean, I'm sure – I mean, I played high school ball, so I literally have no frame of reference for this question, but it's something that I was thinking of. Whenever you step into the box, is it stuck in the back of your mind? You're like, man, I hope he doesn't throw this, or do you just have to completely block all that
0: out? Yeah, I mean, there's there's some times where you'll face a guy that you know has a really good slider, and what you do is you say, look, I'm going to hit his fastball. If he throws me the slider, I'm going to try to pick it up early and not swing. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's like the pitcher wants you to hit what's his best pitch in his best location. The hitter wants to hit to his strength, which is his best pitch in his best location, right? So, so it's, it's like a cat and mouse game where I'm looking to do what I want to do and I have a plan he's got a plan as well that he needs to execute. If he doesn't throw that sliders for strikes, well, guess what? He's going to have to, he's going to have to come at me with a fastball that I can hit. But if he throws that slider for strikes and I'm, and I'm saying, no, I'm not going to hit that. Well, now I got to hit that with two strikes. And so, you know, your plan can change from, from AB to AB depending on who you're facing, knowing what he's doing to you. And it's pretty fluid, but and for the most part, that's kind of – you go up with a plan and you say, this is what I want to do. The pitcher has his plan and says, this is what I want to do. And then at that point, it's just a matter of who executes.
2: I've always wondered this. Whenever you go through a tough at bat, like, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's a situation where you looked at strike three or something like that. Does that stick with you to the next at bat?
0: It just depends where you're at. It, you know, if I was in AAA and I and and I and I took a took a third strike, I was I'd be pissed off and and I'd say, okay, that's not going to happen again. Uh, sometimes when I was in the big leagues, when I knew that, you know, this might be my only chance, or, or if I don't do something here, I could get sent down. When you're playing in that type of environment it's difficult and it does wear on you and you can think about it and you can, it can affect your other effects. But that's, that's the thing about sports in, the, in all sports, you have to stay in the moment and you have to enjoy the process and, and what, and kind of separate yourself from results because there's a lot of things you can't control. You can do everything right at the plate and, you know, line out, you know? So right. um, it's, it's one of those things where, if you continue to think about it and you continue to, um, you know, be afraid of it, whatever you're afraid of will happen. And so what happens is your heart rate raises up. Now you have the fight or flight instinct. And now, uh, now you're, you know, your body is now tightening up. You're not, as, you, you know, you're, you don't see the ball as well. You know, it, it just, it just steamrolls on you. And that's why you'll see some ABs where, The guy will take two pitches down the middle and swing at a slider that's in the dirt, and you're like, what the heck is he doing? This is a (laughs) professional player. Well, you don't know what's happening in his head. You don't know what's going on in the background. You don't know if he's thinking about, well, shoot, if I get sent down right now, I'm going to make you know $400,000 less than I'm making right now. And right. so when you start getting heart rate involved, and you start getting fight or flight syndrome, you know the the fight or flight uh, deal working in your body, and and all of a sudden you're not seeing it as well, and you're starting to panic, and you're starting to to think too much. Well, man, it, it can really steamroll you. There's a there's a bunch of abs where I watch myself later on, and and I was like, oh my gosh, what was I doing? <laughs> you know.
2: Right, and it always made me wonder because there's been a lot of situations, especially this season, as Joey Votto. Joey Votto's kind of hit the point in his career almost where Albert Pujols is in that he's trying to reinvent himself at the plate. And there's been some at-bats where he's done a check swing. The pitches look like it went right down the middle. Check swing, strike three called. And guys have been just, you know, "Eh, how could he look at that pitch? Why didn't he swing at that Whenever you hear people say that about a guy who just looked at strike three down the middle, what goes through your mind?
0: Just, just how hard it really is. you know. It's, it's, Joey Votto, he's been so good for so long. And I think in every athlete's career, you, you hit a point where your brain knows what to do. And your brain has done it for so long that it knows, okay, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm looking for. Okay, there it is. Let's hit it. And all of a sudden, your body just can't do it. And so, you know, near the end of my career, I was in Japan. And there were times where my approach was correct. My thinking was correct. And when I went to go and hit the ball, well, my body wasn't as quick as it once was. And it might be just a, just a split second but a split second of baseball is an eternity. And so maybe there's times where Joey's guessing at the plate saying, Hey, if I get, a, I'm going to get a fastball, I'm going to hit it out front and I'm going to do some damage. Well, when that pitch leaves his hand, it looks like a fastball. You, you start your swing and as you start your swing. Cause you have to start it so early because these guys are throwing so hard, but you're starting your swing and all of a sudden that thing's breaking away from you. It's a slider Well, you're going to look horrible. You're going to look just, I mean, it's going to look so bad, but on television, you know, the ball looks like it's going 30 miles an hour and it's, you could see the slider out of his hand. And, but when you're, when you're struggling and everybody knows you're struggling and you know, you're going to have to talk about it after the game. And you know that, you know, people are going to write about it and there's going to be millions of people that are reading it. It's a different ball game, right? So, um, you know, you're, you're seeing, as you get older, you don't see the ball as well. And. You know, it's just it's just tough. The game is such a hard game when you're fully, you know, healthy and capable and young and vibrant. But um, it's when you get older, it is not an old man's game. It's it it gets tough because the, these younger kids they're they're throwing harder and harder and harder.
2: Man, I appreciate you letting me pick your brain like this. We really got a lot more deeper than I thought we would into the mind of a hitter, but no, <laughs> I I definitely appreciate it. Let's let's take a walk down yeah. memory lane for a minute. Your mm-hmm. uh, your second and your third game that you ever played in Major League Baseball was in Cincinnati. What do you remember about those games as a Dodger?
0: Man, I'll tell you what. There were there were multiple things that I remember about that. Um the uh, when I went into there, um, we were we were we were a pretty good team. The Dodgers were a really good team, and they didn't bring up rookies. When they brought up a rookie, it was they won Rookie of the Year. I mean, they had five in a row. You know what I mean? Um, and okay. so, I remember a couple things. I remember I was playing second base, and um, Reggie Sanders came up and Reggie Sanders was a, you know, big strong right-handed hitter. I don't know how young your audience is, but this guy hit a line drive that off my head it was probably the hardest hit ball I've ever seen to that point. It looked like like <laughs> I almost jumped. I almost jumped after the ball. But the ball the ball kept going in like one hop the wall. I had never seen a ball hit that low. Almost hit the ball hit the wall on a fly. I mean, it, I, I was, it, I was like, it was my welcome to the big league, uh, you know, introduction right there. Um, so I, I strictly remember that. Then I remember another thing. And this is, this is the one that, that's a, that, that kills me. So when you're playing second base or short you're playing the infield, there's a guy on second base and two out. And, everybody knows you're taught as soon as you're drafted everybody wait, lo- moves their arms to say hey knock it down you have to knock a ground ball down if you if there's a ground ball hit near you you're expected to dive and you're expected to knock it down and keep it in the infield so that the guy on third base the guy on second base does not score mm-hmm. and so uh, riverfront had basically it was like playing on concrete with this tiny little sliver of green cloth on it that that was supposed to be astroturf or whatever it was right Right. and so it was so fast and so I remember there was a lefty up I don't know who it was I forget and they hit a ground ball to my to my left and I'm like I got this I got this ball so I feel like I'm going to field it right outside of my my left foot and all of a sudden, that thing takes another hop and another hop, and that thing was by me, and I didn't die. and I went, oh shit! I, I <laughs> knew it. I knew I was I knew I was in trouble right there. And the bad part about it was, the Reds uh, ended up winning the game, and I don't know if it was a one run or two run, but they came back and won the game. And I remember going to my locker. And I knew what I did. I mean, they, they told me after the inning, hey, look, you got to knock that ball down. And I was like, man, I, th- I thought I had it, you know. And I remember going to my locker, and at that time, I, I was wearing a suit. And I my suit, you always hang it up in your locker. My suit wasn't in my locker. And I'm like, what the heck is going on? There's nothing in my locker. And so I, um, I, I, I'm, I asked the clubhouse guy, I'm like, hey, man, where's my suit? And the guy's like, oh, it's in your bag. And so I opened up my bag because they – this was, oh, we're going on the plane. That's what it was. It was the second game. So we're going to get in the plane. So I got my suit, you know, all ready for the plane. So I open up my bag and I'm like, oh, there's, there it is. So I take my, you know, it's all wrinkled up, whatever. I put it on and then we go, well, I find out later they had taken my suit and put it in there because they had bought, you know, they were going to dress me up as like a ballerina or a you know, or something as a rookie, as like a rookie hazing trip, so, you know, to right. to fly on the plane, you know, as like, uh, you know, as, as, as some sort of character, Power Ranger or whatever they wanted to do. But because we lost, we couldn't do it. So, um, <laughs> but lastly, the other thing I remember is uh, we were playing against the Reds, um, actually in, in L.A., and. Deion Sanders came up and I, I was like, man, you know, so you you can't play your regular depth when Deion Sanders is up, you've got to kind of play, you know, halfway in because he was just so fast. Right. And I remember he pulled a, he pulled a ground ball over to me and I'm like charging it. And the thing was hit, like you would never charge this ball if anybody else hit it. And I was charging and I was rushing and I got the ball and I, I looked up and I looked at Dion, and he wasn't even like, a quarter of the way down the line. He was just jogging. I was like, thank God he's jogging because he doesn't know how much pressure he could put on me right now. Ended (laughs) up, ended up throwing him out at first base. But, uh, but yeah, those things I remember, I remember those things about playing the Reds. uh, Some of them are good memories. Some of them are uh, a little bit painful.
2: Looking back, who was the teammate that made the biggest impact on you?
0: Oh, man, I've had so many, you know, Um, I guess, you know, with the Dodgers, it was hard because they were a bunch of older guys. I mean, and they were all really good. You know, we had, we had Keros and Mondesi, Piazza, you know, Gagne and, and I mean, every single guy, Brett Butler, they were just Butler, probably out of anybody in the Dodgers, Butler did the most I would think for me, he used to uh, we used to he actually one year stayed at Dodgertown. When you're when you're at big league camp, you usually don't stay at Dodgertown, you'll stay with your family off site. Uh, but he stayed on Dodgertown and uh, he would invite everybody over to his room and we'd talk hitting and we'd talk, you know, he would just kind of, you know, fill us in on all these uh, all the things about playing in the big leagues and we'd ask him questions and we learned a lot from from Brett. He, um, he would give me rides back in the big leagues when we lived in the same apartment complex. So he would give me rides from the airport and to the airport. And uh, he was always really good about taking care of, you know, the younger guys and, uh, and Tim Salmon as well. Tim Salmon with the angels was really good. I wasn't a young guy at that point, but we spent a lot of time together and um, he would always bring the guys out for, you Know a steak dinner every time we landed in a new city, so every he had an open nice. invite to anybody that wanted to come. And uh, you know, we we'd, we'd had about 10, 10 to 12 guys, 10 15 guys, depending on where we were, that would all go out and get a nice steak. And um, those are the good times, those are the things you remember, you know, about uh, about playing.
2: Well, that is all right, Adam. I really appreciate your time, man. I thank you so much for talking to me today. Uh, if you guys have not heard of Believe in Angels. You got to check it out. Great podcast. Uh, where are you guys located? You guys on Apple Podcasts, anything like that?
0: Yeah, yeah. We're on all the, you know, we're, we're on all the, um, the the usual stations, so they could find us on there. But it's uh, B-L-E-A-V, you know, so Believe in the Angels.
2: Definitely. Well, hey, I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much for coming on. One last question before I let you go, though. Is it... Mm-hmm. The LA Angels, the Los Angeles Angels in Anaheim, the Anaheim Angels, or the California
0: Angels? Man, I'll tell you what. I think it's the Angels. I'm good (laughs) with that in case they change it again. (laughs)
2: That's all right, man. Well, hey, Adam, man, I appreciate having you on, dude, and uh, hopefully talk to you again uh, in the near future.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I really had a good time. I enjoyed it.
2: That'll do it for the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Reds podcast. On tomorrow's show, we'll recap the series opener between the Reds and the Angels, and we'll take a look a little bit further into the idea of determining the quality of a starting pitcher in 2019. For the Locked On Reds podcast, my name is Jeff Carr, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members.